Well, hello, this is Senator James Langford coming back to you with another episode of The Breakdown. This is, uh, let's see, episode number one, but this is season three of our podcast. If you're not tuning into all of our podcasts, you can clearly subscribe to those, and we'll make sure that we send those to you on a regular basis. Uh, the Breakdown is set up to make you the smartest kid at the water cooler, uh, talking about all the current events. We try to take some of the things that you see a little bit on the news and then take it a whole lot deeper and to be able to go behind the scenes on it and to say what's actually happening, how can we learn more about this, and have some real dialogue so that when you're interacting with family, friends, with others on social media or at work or church or wherever you may be and the topic comes up, we want you to be well-prepared, well-versed to talk about it because these issues do matter uh, and they do affect us tremendously. Uh, today's episode is a little bit different. We're dealing with a foreign policy issue, actually, and it's a foreign policy issue that we don't talk enough about in the United States, and it's the issue of Iran. Uh, there have been a lot of protests that have happened in Iran for the last several months, but quite frankly, some of the issues with Iran go back decades and have continued to be able to grow. And this is not about the people of Iran. The people of Iran are passionate looking for freedom and religious freedom and opportunity to have a free press and opportunity to have free speech. The people of Iran are living under the oppression of a regime uh, that is literally crushing them as a country and is having a tremendous impact on the entire region and it quite frankly reaches all the way to the United States as well. Uh, so we have the opportunity to be able to talk through an issue and to be able to dig on a little bit deeper on this today. And we have a guest with us today, uh, Masi Alinejad uh, is joining us today. Now you may not know that name right off the top of your head or you may know it and is why you're joining it. Masi has 11 million social media followers but she grew up in a tiny village in northern Iran, but she has had a massive global impact. Uh, she has been passionate about human rights and about freedom, even from her time as a teenager. In fact, she was arrested by the Iranian regime, even as a teenager, for having a student newspaper and uh, trying to be able to just get basic information out on that. She moved to Tehran and became a parliamentary journalist in Tehran and exposed a lot of the corruption in the government there and literally had to flee for her life in 2009 out of Iran. But she has continued to be able to speak out passionately for the people of Iran and for freedom around the world on that. And we're very proud of the way that she has continued to articulate this. One of my favorite quotes is the New York Times has described uh, Masi as the woman whose hair frightens Iran, uh, which is a great way to be able to introduce you. We are very grateful, Masi, that you're joining us today. Glad to be able to have you in the conversation and uh, look forward to the ongoing dialogue. So thank you for joining us here. Thank you so much, Senator, for having me on your show. It's, it's a pleasure, but I have to say that this hair and the hair of women of Iran scared the Islamic Republic. Yeah, and apparently has for a long time. This has not been a new thing for you, and a lot of folks have talked recently about women taking off their hijab uh, based on just their own religious preferences and their own religious expression, uh, that you have never been opposed to the hijab, saying it should be just a choice for individuals to be able to live or not live. But this is not a new thing for you. It's a lot of things for Americans recently to say there's some protests, but this is eight or nine years uh, that you've been out there speaking on this on social media. Is that right? Um, that's true. But first of all, let me actually thank you for your support um, of Iranian uprising. I mean, I know that it has been months that you've been uh, echoing the voice of Iranian people uh, who are facing guns and bullets right now right. and executions uh, to bring the Islamic Republic down, to have democracy, to have dignity and freedom. As you said, yes, eight years ago, um, I launched a campaign against compulsory hijab 
And I remember that, that four years ago at Stanford University, uh, my talk, I mean, the title of my talk was uh, very simple. Next revolution will be led by women. And that is happening right now. Uh, we are in the middle of our revolution, led by women, supported by men, clearly. It started because of the brutal death of Mahsa Amini, 20-year-old woman, who was killed in the hand of morality police. But it's not just because of hijab. Now it's beyond that. Iranians are actually um, chanting against dictators. So to us, compulsory hijab or covering our hair, it's just a, one of the most visible symbol of oppression. Um, when you go to my Instagram page, uh, when you check the hashtag, my camera is my weapon, you understand that how the Islamic Republic writes their own ideology on our body and women are walking unveiled, practicing their civil disobedience, but saying that this is just the beginning and we want to end a gender apartheid regime. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Thank you for standing up, for speaking out so clearly at the risk of your own life and your own ability to be able to live freely and to be able to walk around and uh, obviously to be able to live in your home country even to be able to operate there. Let, let, me, let me ask you just a, a, a general question on this. Iran is 10 time zones away from the United States. It's a long way. Why should Americans care about what's happening in Iran? Why does this matter? Why should this matter to us? Oh, th Senator, that's a very, very good question because um, I often get that from many American, uh, like uh, politicians saying this, that, uh, you know, what's going on in Iran is your problem. We should not interfere. I mean, I'm being very clear. I don't want the American government bring democracy for us or bring regime change for us. But honestly, human rights, it's a global issue. And while people of Iran challenging the regime and wanting to have regime change, this is very important that American government who, I mean, for us, millions of Iranian Americans, bacon of hope, then they have to support, uh, you know, the, the human rights and the people of Iran. This is no doubt because it's uh, human rights should be global. But most important than this, I want to actually give you a better picture that why Americans should care about this, because the Islamic Republic is not just a threat for Iranians. It is a threat for Americans. Look, I myself was the target of kidnapping plot, assassination plot uh, on U.S. soil. Now I, I live in safe house. The FBI protect me. And it was not just me. Don't forget the American, the Iranian government actually uh, went after American officials, former officials, Mike Pompeo, Brian Hook, and many others. And just a few months ago, Salman Rushdie was the target of assassination plot. Why? Because Khomeini, the, you know, the Ayatollahs in Iran and Khamenei, they promoted the fatwa against Salman Rushdie. And he was the target of assassination plot here on U.S. soil by a person. When you go on his social media, you see that he was big fan of the Ayatollahs. So you see, as far as the Islamic Republic is in power, Americans are not safe on U.S. soil. I want to give you another example that why should Americans care about what's going on in Iran? Right now that I'm talking to you, 
the Islamic Republic is a threat for the region, from Yemen to Syria to Iraq. You know, the the the, the people in the Middle East they hate is they really detest the Islamic Republic because they know how the Revolutionary Guards kill innocent people in the region. The Islamic Republic is a warmonger regime. If you don't care about the region, then how about Europe? Now the Iranian regime sending drones to Putin to kill innocent Ukrainians. So you see, the war is in the heart of Europe. Now, uh, if you don't actually uh, take the, 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 the struggle of Iranian people against the Islamic Republic serious, believe me, Americans might very soon face the Islamic Republic terrorist on U.S. soil. So that is why I strongly believe that an Iran without the Islamic Republic would make the whole world much safer place to live. So I have to say, Masi, I was just in the Middle East region uh, just a few days ago, actually. Uh, I was with a bipartisan group of senators that went uh, on Abraham Accords uh, countries. That would be Morocco, Bahrain, uh, United Arab Emirates, and Israel. And as we met with the leaders of those four countries, and we met with multiple other folks from other areas there in the region, the consistent theme that came up from every single country was Iran is destabilizing the region. Uh, the IRGC, the terrorist actions that are happening, uh, Iran, the regime's uh, support for Hezbollah and for Hamas and for Islamic Jihad, uh, for the Houthis in um, Yemen and then launching missiles uh, into our allies. Uh, it was a remarkable conversation that I didn't expect to be as loud as it was. But in every single country in that region, they kept saying we would be a lot more stable as a region and as a country if Iran wasn't trying to meddle in our affairs and actually bring active terrorism to us. So it's not only here in the United States uh, that we face real threats and you have faced threats from Iranians and other American officials have been threatened directly by Iranians, uh, but it's through that entire Middle East region. And as you mentioned also in Europe, uh, as they're shipping uh, these drones into Russia, they've now formed this partnership with Russia to be their arms dealer and supplier to be able to attack the uh, Ukrainians. So there is a very real threat for American security, the security of our allies, including Israel and multiple others uh, in the Middle East uh, and also in Europe. So this is a growing threat especially as the Iranian regime continues to work towards having a nuclear weapon. Uh, if they have terrorist activities now, imagine that same regime owning a nuclear weapon and what they could then do to be able to terrorize their neighbors uh, is a game-changing event. And uh, people exactly. forget exactly. how much this, larger... This is a yeah. fact, Senator. This is a yeah. fact that the Islamic Republic is a threat for democracy. You know, and that is why when you mention about your bipartisan trip to the region, it's very important. Look. The Islamic Republic hates America. They don't care whether you're Republican or you're Democrat. If right. they want to kill you, they never ask whether you're left or liberal or right wing. They say death to America. So right. that means that we, um, you know, for the safety of Americans, for the safety of the whole world and to protect democracy, we have to get united. Look at from Russia to China, Venezuela. Um, I mean, everywhere, dictators are more united than democratic countries, more than, united than the leaders of G7. You know, Senator, when we're talking right now, the Iranian regime took American citizen hostage, you, a British citizen. 
a Swedish citizen, German citizen, French citizens, right now we're talking are in prison and they're being used like bargaining chip to get nuclear deal. Imagine a day, the leaders of G7, all these democratic countries get united, downgrade their relation with the Islamic Republic and ask them first release all the innocent political prisoners, stop killing innocent people, then we're gonna negotiate with you. But unfortunately, we see that, you know, the Republican and Democrats are not as united as dictators to tell them that we're going to stop negotiate with these murderous regime. And that actually breaks uh, my heart. Yeah, it does as, as well and for a good reason. So w walk us through, you, you have a lot of contacts that are still in Iran, though communication is very limited there. The regime controls the type of communication and tries to limit social media interaction and uh, limit the internet access to the people of Iran. But you're able to communicate with some folks that are there. G give us a sense right now what's happening actually in Iran because the protests are not on our television every day anymore. And uh, we're not sure they're happening uh, in the streets anymore and we can't tell what's really going on. So help us know what's going on right now in Iran. First of all, I have to say that the uprising are continuing because, you know, um, in different form, the revolution has different phases. The first wave was actually daily protests. But what happened, Senator? The Islamic Republic killed uh, more than 700 people. So I'm going, slow you down. I'm going to slow you down for just a second so everybody gets that. During yeah. this time period, just in the last year, during this uprising, the regime has murdered 700 people during this time period. Yes, and, and 19,000 people got arrested for, for peacefully protesting. Unarmed people, 19,000. I mean, these are not numbers. These are not statistics. People. 50 of them uh, are in death row. Five of them got hanged. Imagine a day that the Revolutionary Guards go to the, cell, the, the prison and tell young protesters, 19 years old, 20 years old, Mohsen Shekari, Majid Reza, Muhammad, and telling them that, are you ready to be hanged, to be executed? And they did. They executed five innocent protesters for peacefully demanding democracy and dignity. They raped women in prison. And this is not me saying that CNN broke this story. You know, many young women and men being blinded, they lost their eyes for peacefully protesting. So the, as you see, the level of the, the brutality and crackdown is very intense. So that's why now we are uh, actually witnessing different form of protest. You know, the mothers of those people, the fathers of those people who got killed, they turned the funeral to a massive protest against the Islamic Republic. Clearly, the more that the Iranian regime killed, the more that people get determined to bring this uh, barbaric regime down. But we are in a different phase. Now um, we, we see a sense of unity among oppositions inside and outside Iran. Um, I myself, uh, alongside other uh, political activists and political leaders, we are actually trying to have a united front, a coalition, which uh, you know demand the leaders of democratic countries to meet with opposition figures. And this is different uh, phase of revolution. It's a marathon. It's a long way. It's 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 a tough road ahead. But I have to say the uprising is continuing. Um, so. 
the way that we communicate and people communicate communicate to each other it's through different apps social media instagram twitter whatsapp telegram but uh, to be honest the islamic republic know how to control them right. right now that i'm talking to you the social media are filtered in iran how ironic the islamic republic the ayatollah who banned 80 million people from using social media they are enjoying freedom of expression expression on Twitter and Facebook. Can you believe that? So yeah. clearly I have to say that we need free internet. We need more Starlink, the way that you know the, the West helped Ukrainian to have a Starlink. We need the same support as well. The Islamic Republic tried to actually shut down the internet or have inner internet access for the Islamic Republic to detach the, the whole nation from the rest of the world. So I think the U.S. government can take the lead and help Iranians to have free Internet. This is what we need right now. Just the opportunity to be able to talk to each other, to be able to help coordinate, to be able to tell the stories, uh, because as the stories are being uh, oppressed uh, in silence, uh, the opportunity to be able to tell those stories is meaningful uh, to other people. Uh, so is the, the uprising itself and all of the, uh, the, the frustration with the regime, is this just in one area of the country or is it scattered all over the country? It's across Iran. It's across Iran. Look, um, I have to say that this time uh, you see the variety. I mean, the, like it's of course, it started from young generation, like TikTok generation. But you see that in Sistan, Baluchistan, uh, the older generation, religious people, every Friday, they take to the street and they say, death to Khamenei. They say, we want a democratic uh, regime. We want to have freedom and they like risking their lives. Across Kurdistan, the different cities of Kurdistan, people are facing guns and bullets are facing uh, executions, but they take to the streets and they are clearly saying that we don't want the Islamic Republic. So it's not just young generation. It's not just a small city. It's everywhere and it's mixed. People who are unhappy uh, uh, with the situation like corruption, poverty, uh, lack of water, lack of electricity, people who want freedom and, and, and uh, normal life, women, they're all together. So I have to say that now uh, people are united. This is the first time in our history that we see well-known athletes uh, quitting their job, saying that we don't want to be part of the propaganda mm. tool anymore. This is the first time in our history we see sense of unity among actress, well-known actress, uh, who say that we don't want to wear hijab because this is 21st century and this is an insult that the whole regime trying to uh, you know, take women hostage and showing the rest of the world, uh, saying that we have sports, we have cinema, and this is a normal regime. No, it's not like that. Now, people are united to tell the rest of the world that we don't want to be um, slave anymore. So how can Americans, and quite frankly, the rest of the world, stand with the people of Iran? And I would, I would tell you, it's, it is an interesting challenge uh, because when we do sanctions on Iran, it oftentimes hurts the Iranian people rather than hurting just the regime. And so what, what can be done globally and what can we do as Americans to be able to put pressure on the regime, try to protect the people of Iran uh, so that they don't suffer the consequences even more from their own regime, but to be able to make it very clear that the world does not accept both their terrorism uh, and the human rights oppression that they do to their own people. I mean, 
there are a lot that the U.S. government can do. First of all, I'm so happy that the U.S. Uh, government took the lead to kick out the Islamic Republic from women's top body at the United Nations. I still cannot believe that the Islamic Republic had a seat just a few months ago at the United Nations to monitor women's rights globally. It is Everything. bizarre, isn't it? Just just to be able to think about it. Well, the, the, the UN gets me frustrated anyway a lot, but to have Iran at the seat for dealing with women's rights uh, was the ultimate irony. I mean, look, women in Iran are not allowed to ride a bicycle, to choose what, what they want to wear. Women are not allowed to travel abroad without getting permission from their husband. Women are not allowed to enter a stadium. Women are not allowed to be judges, to be singer, to dance, to, to be their true self, you know? But at the same time, four democratic countries voted for the same regime to have a seat at the United Nations to monitor women's rights globally. But thanks to the United States of America, finally actually heard the voice of Iranian people but I believe that this is the time that President Biden should announce an Iran policy so that we know this administration's policy. Because look, one day they come out and say that we want to sanction revolutionary guards. We want to sanction morality police. We want to sanction individuals. But at the same time, the US government come and say that we want to negotiate with those that we already sanctioned. That's not acceptable. Look, the Revolutionary Guards is in the terrorist list by the United States of America. But when the U.S. welcomed Ibrahim Raisi to give a talk at the United Nations, uh, we saw member of Revolutionary Guards being welcomed as well as delegation with Ibrahim Raisi. How come? We see many relatives uh, of the Islamic Republic have, have been given visa the member of Revolutionary Guards here at the United States of America. So that's not acceptable. So I think that the U.S. government can lead the rest of the world, the leaders of G7, the democratic countries, and, you know, press them, talk them, have serious conversation with them and convince them to recall their ambassadors, convince them to uh, kick out the Islamic Republic diplomats, because we're talking about regime killing teenagers killing children right now, hanging people for peaceful protests. We're talking about regime, barbaric regime, raping women. And the US government is all about equality. America is all about feminism. It's all about uh, freedom of expression, but this is the regime killing innocent teenagers and children. So the US government can convince the you know EU to put the revolutionary guards in the terrorist list. This, I think this is not too much to ask. And I think um, this is the time that the U.S. government can show the Islamic, uh, the, the, the Iranian people that we are with you. We are standing in the right of, side of the history. This is what the Iranian people demand right now. To be seen, uh, and that's what I hear so often from different Iranian Americans, uh, is that they want to know that as Americans, we see what's going on. We're speaking out on what's going on. We're uh, affirming to those that can get communication into Iran, uh, 
uh, that uh, your protests are being seen by the rest of the world and that we understand the plight that you're actually facing. So the action of actually keeping sanctions, encouraging other nations to be able to also put sanctions on the RGC, uh, to be able to actually enforce our sanctions. Uh, China is a leading purchaser uh, of Iranian oil and to be able to continue to engage on that and be able to find ways to be able to shut off the supply of money uh, coming into the IRGC, to be able to uh, activate against their terrorism and to be able to unite allies uh, to be able to speak out. And as you mentioned, to be able to encourage kicking out of Iranian diplomats all over the world, because a lot of people don't know that uh, the diplomats are not just there to have diplomatic conversation. They're exactly. often there to develop economic relationships with that country and to be able to expand the economic reach of Iran into other countries. And so when we're kicking out those diplomats, we're isolating uh, the regime itself and not allowing them to continue to have more and more money. And for the, the Iran nuclear deal, and this is one I've spoken on a lot, anyone who's followed me uh, for a while knows I've been adamantly opposed to the United States government negotiating with this regime in Iran. Uh, I think it does send a double message to the people of Iran uh, to be able to negotiate with them. But I've spoken out often to the uh, President Biden and his leadership to say this is the wrong time to be have any conversations with the Iranian regime on a nuclear agreement because this regime is not going to keep their agreements anyway. Uh, we need to be able to speak out, but we also need to be very, very clear uh, that this regime with a nuclear weapon is not ac uh, acceptable uh, because what they have done in terrorism around the world with conventional weapons uh, has been significant. And for people that don't know, uh, when we were in Iraq uh, fighting that war, uh, the Iranian regime was actually supplying deadly weapons to the uh, people that were fighting against us. And we had thousands of Americans uh, that were injured or were killed uh, in that war in Iraq with Iranian weapons that had been supplied specifically targeting for Americans. So to think that Iran would have a nuclear weapon in the days ahead uh, is um, unacceptable uh, to the world and it should be unacceptable to the people of the free world, uh, to say the least. So th those, those are great ideas to be able to speak out. Uh, I would also encourage people just to be informed on this issue and to be able to talk about it and not to think this is half the world away and so it, does, it isn't relevant to me. So much of what's happening in Venezuela, uh, what's happening in Cuba, what's happening across North Africa and in the Middle East and in Europe and in acts of terrorism, destabilizing in Lebanon and so many other places is around this Iranian regime trying to be able to extend out uh, their terrorist activities. So they are a destabilizing force from exactly. much of the world. I mean, I wanna just add something um, to your great point. Um, the Islamic Republic is making disasters in region, in Europe, everywhere. Clearly, warmonger regime must be stopped. And uh, this is what actually Iranian people demand, that as I mentioned from the beginning, Putin, Khamenei, Maduro, uh, all the dictators, they're helping each other. And it's not too much to ask that we ask the democratic country to help those who are fighting for democracy and freedom in, in these countries. Um, so um, I wanna actually thank you for inviting me, but I want to ask the US government to actually have a, have, have, have a negotiation and, and uh, meeting with the leaders of opposition figures, like different leaders uh, now echoing the voice of Iranian people. But I see that the, the US government easily meet with murderers, with Ibrahim Raisi, with Rouhani, with all those killers but they hesitate to meet 
with opposition figures. I think this is the time that they have to uh, prepare themselves and they have to be ready for an Iran without the Islamic Republic. Well, see, thank you so much for spending time. We're, we're randomly picking your brain. You've got a busy day. You've got lots that you're working on as well. I'm grateful to be able to get time with you, to be able to just bounce questions off of you, and to, quite frankly, to be able to share your insight with a whole new group of folks uh, that may not have heard your voice before, and uh, to be able to gain your insight and for your, your firsthand insight of not only what has happened in Iran, but your continued communication with what's ongoing. So I really appreciate your time today and for you sharing it with so many people and being here on The Breakdown with me. Thank you so much, and I hope one day I can invite you to my beloved homeland, Iran, really. I actually look forward to that. I've had the opportunity to be able to travel in multiple countries there in the region, but I'm ready for a day that I travel in the region and they talk about peaceful relationships with Iran and economic prosperity and sharing ideas about education and healthcare and energy uh, with, a, uh, with a free and uh, open Iran that's actually interacting with the rest of the world. And uh, I do look forward to that day as well. Let me make just a couple final comments as we're wrapping up. Thanks for joining us here on The Breakdown. You're always welcome to be able to follow us online just at langford.senate.gov or on all the social media platforms at Senator Langford. If you're not subscribing to The Breakdown and getting this podcast automatically, you ought to do that. Any of the places that you get your podcast, you can subscribe to The Breakdown and it will automatically come to you. Comes around once a month on it. Sometimes we don't hit it exactly on that, uh, but around once a month, we'll actually get new information to you and try to make you the smartest kid at the water cooler as you're thinking through all the big issues that we have as a nation and, quite frankly, as a world as we engage. So, from our office to yours, we're grateful to be able to serve our nation and grateful to be able to speak out for the issues that really do matter for our national security. Masi, thanks for being with us today. Grateful again for you standing up and continuing to be able to speak out. You continue to be able to follow that example as well, to be able to speak out where you see injustice. And let's continue to work for a better world uh, for our kids and for our grandkids in the days ahead. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you face to face. Thank you so much for hosting me. Sendebat Iran.